Ladies. And cold-hearted killers. Andy here, the Inner Winner Show. Let's fucking go. So yesterday, we talked about some of my cold approach stories. So if you haven't gone and listened to that podcast, go to the description below and go and listen to that one first because a lot of this stuff, I'll be bouncing off what I talked about yesterday. If you're not familiar with what cold approach is, it's really just walking up to girls in public saying, hey, you're cute. I'm Andy. Let me get your number. And going from there. Other people call it day game. Some people call it pickup. Whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter. It's just saying hi to girls. I just really call it saying hi to girls. But if I say cold approach, a lot of you know what I'm talking about. So we're going to talk about another Asian girl that I met. This was the second, third girl. I think she was the third girl that I ever had sex with that I walked up to in public. And she was, this girl was an absolute sweetheart. And she was a really big turning point in my life when I met her. So I remember walking up to her. I was in a pretty good mood. I was walking to the gym. The gym that I went to was at a university. So I'm walking towards a university and I'm kind of standing at a traffic light at a pedestrian crossing and she's standing there too. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking like, this girl's pretty cute, right? She had like shortish, like almost like tomboyish hair, like cut about this length, like just below the like the chin, she was like really thin, but like huge tits, which, you know, most Asian girls don't have tits. She was Chinese. Most Asian girls don't have like big fucking tits. Her tits were like fucking huge and her body's like really tiny. It was a weird combination. She's like really skinny, but like giant fucking tits. I used to love playing with them, but that's like getting too ahead of myself. And I I was kind of looking at her and I was like in a, I was in a weird mood. I didn't feel like talking to girls, but like, I thought, what the hell? And so I kind of just like sauntered over to her. I'm standing next to her. I'm just like, hey, you're cute. And I was like really casual, like no expectations or anything. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. And she was like super happy. Um, I put on an accent there, but she didn't actually have that much of an accent. She'd been in the country for a little bit, but she traveled here heaps of times. Um, She traveled all around the world. So she's pretty worldly and experienced. She's a pretty confident girl, surprisingly. And We chatted, we just had like a general chit chat while I walked her to, she was walking to her apartment. So I just kind of walked with her and then we get there and I'm like, yo, you're really cool. Like, let's grab a drink or something. What's your number? And she's like, yeah, I'd love that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I didn't really have any expectations. I grabbed her number. We go on a date and all I remember really from the first date was we just kind of walked around a little bit. Um, At some point I just threw out like a half-hearted, hey, do you want to come back to my apartment? But at that point in time where I lived was really inconvenient. I was miles from the center of the city. I was miles from where we were and the area I lived in was really shitty and dodgy. And so she kind of thought about it and she's like, uh, and like she debated coming back with me, but the area I lived in was just like a shithole. Like like it had a really bad reputation, like crack addicts and stuff like that. Like I don't blame her. She shouldn't have come back with me on the first date. So good decision made on her part. It was like a fucking horrible area. Thank God I moved eventually. But the second day we meet up. And at this point in time, I was like really confident with like talking to strangers and stuff like that. Cause I had just finished the approach anxiety program that I did. I'll leave a link in the description below to the approach anxiety program. Actually, I tell you what, let me make a note so I don't forget. So the Approach Anxiety Program was just this program I did to teach me how to talk to girls. It's free. You can go and do it yourself. Um, But part of that program is you have to walk up to strangers and like high five them. And this gets you out of your own head a little bit. It gets you like interacting with other people. It's just a fun activity. And so I used to do this with dates on dates. 
So I took her around and I was like, yo, we're going to like high five some people. And she's like, wait, what? And I was like, we're going to high five some strangers. Let's go. And so I walked up to some strangers and she's like, you're crazy. You're not going to do it. And so I'm like high fiving people and people are high fiving me back. It's a lot of fun. And then I was like, you have to try it. And so she tries a couple. She's nervous, but like she did a really good job. She was someone that was like, despite the fact that she was very shy and conservative and quiet, you could get her to open up. And she was a very like confident girl. Like she really was. Like she could just be really confident. She was only like 19, but she had like traveled all around the world and shit like that. Like on her own as well. That was one thing that she told me on the first date. Like when she was 15, she went traveling to America by herself from China, which is like, why the fuck did your parents let you do that? And so she, she, we, we did this high five thing. She was into it. And then she high fives this one woman, right? And I'm like giggling. I'm kind of like off and I'm watching and then the woman and her start talking and I can kind of hear what they're saying. The woman's like, oh, you know, what are you doing on Monday? Like, you know, are you going to do this in the office? And I was like, oh, that's I'm thinking that's fucking hilarious. Like she's just high five someone and then realized like, oh, shit, that's like Sarah from work or whatever. Right. So they're talking for like a couple of minutes, maybe like five minutes. I've kind of gone off and I'm just like looking out at the water. I'm kind of just waiting. I'm on my phone. I'm killing a bit of time. She comes running over to me after like five minutes and she's just like giggling and like her eyes are wide and she's like oh my god oh my god oh my god and I was like she comes over and she just won't stop saying like oh my god she's like really excited and so I'm kind of like oh that's hilarious that you you high-fived like your workmate or whatever and you didn't realize and then she's like I don't know her and I was like wait excuse me what and she's like I don't know that woman I've never met her in my entire life and I was like but but she she said that you work together. You guys were talking for like five minutes. She said she knows you from the... She asked you questions about work. What do you mean? And she's like, yeah, the whole time I was just pretend... I was like, I don't know her. She thinks I'm someone else. And I was like, that's so fucking racist. This girl, like this woman sees like an Asian person and she's just like, oh, that's like the Asian person from my workplace. I'm going to talk to her for five minutes. But like, how do you not know? How do you have a five minute conversation where you don't figure out like, wait, maybe this isn't the person that I think it is. And what would be hilarious is I bet you this woman goes to work on Monday and she talks to that Asian girl that she works with and she's like, oh, it was cool seeing you on Friday night. And that woman, that girl will be like, I didn't see you on Friday night. What do you mean? And she'll be like, no, remember we talked for like five minutes. <laughs> she's going to look like such a racist fuck. <laughs> it's going to be so fucking hilarious. I wish I could have been there. But anyway, I, I almost didn't believe this girl that I was with. I was like, bullshit. You guys were talking for like five minutes. And she's like, seriously, I swear to God, I've never met her in my life. I swear to God, I don't know her. And I was like, that's fucking hilarious. So we ended up having like a, a bit more of a date. I invite her back to my place. She's like, hell yeah. So we go back. Actually, I'm not sure if she did come back that time or the third day. I, I really can't remember. But let's skip forward to whenever she did come back with me. I was super nervous at this point in time because this was only, I think, the third girl that I'd ever like tried to sleep with from like cold approach, from walking up to in public. And I was a scared little boy. I'll be honest. I was a scared little boy. We were sitting on my balcony. We were on two chairs. I had this nice view. We're like looking off into the distance. We're looking at the stars. Like it was really nice, really romantic and shit. We had like a blanket across the two of us. And I was just like really scared to like make a move or kiss her or invite her to my bedroom or any of that shit. I was just like too much of a pussy. And so like an hour or two goes by. It was like a cringe worthily long period of time for a girl that was really into me. Like she made it really clear that she was into me. She laughed at all my jokes. She's like hanging on my every word. She's like affectionate. She was like really into me. Finally, I'm like, okay, what am I doing? So I finally like go to kiss her and she's just like 
absolutely melts as soon as I kiss her. She's like so fucking into it. And I was like, the whole time while I'm kissing her, I'm like, why didn't I do this like two hours ago, you fucking pussy? Like, she's literally back at my apartment. She's like, she, ugh, whatever. So, we're making out. She's like super into it. I'm playing with her fucking giant tits. And I'm like, these are like illegally big. Like, these are too big. You should have to pay tax on these tits. Not that I believe in tax. Fuck tax. But like, these are like massive fucking watermelons, right? Take her into the bedroom. We had like crazy good sex. I actually, funnily enough, can't remember all the sex other than that it was at that point in time, the most, I think she was one of the first girls where it's like, I felt like I didn't have to try. Like all the girls before, I'd I'd felt like I have to seduce them. I have to like prove myself to them. I have to like be good enough to have sex with them. And this was the first girl where it was just like, I don't know, I kissed her and she was just into it. And we just went to the bedroom and like, she was all over me. And the two previous girls that I had sex with, they kind of were, but they were like more shy, conservative. And like, they took a little while longer and they were like a little more nervous, nervous. I guess that's what I'm talking about here. So it's not that it was easier. It's more just like this girl was confident and she knew she wanted to have sex with me. She'd obviously had sex a few times. Um, she wasn't a virgin or inexperienced or anything like that. And this was the first girl that I would slept with since starting all this getting laid stuff that just like wanted me from the start. And there was no like shyness. There was no like, oh, can we go slow? Or I don't know what I'm doing. There was none of that. It was just like, yeah, let's fuck. And so it was like really good, especially because she was like adorable as shit. She was super slim, giant tits, um, cute Chinese girl. She had like a cute Chinese accent. She was very affectionate. She moaned like crazy and she would kind of go very quiet and like giggle a lot during sex, which was like weirdly attractive. And so we had like pretty good sex and it was a lot of fun. And I remember afterwards, like she's lying on my chest and Because at this point in time, this was the first girl, like I said, that I'd slept with at this point in time, who was just like, (sighs) easy isn't the right word. Easy has a lot of negative connotations, but it felt easy. You know what I mean? It was just like, I like you, you like me, let's fuck. It was easy. It it was like, I didn't have to prove anything. I think you guys will know what I'm talking about here. It was just nice. It was like two people that are just into each other that have sex. Like, they don't have to, no hoops you have to jump through. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to, like, seduce. You don't have to earn. She doesn't have to do anything to earn me. It was just, like, two people that wanted each other that fucked. And so, this was a really big turning point for me. I've said before in the previous episode, this girl that I'm talking about now, she was a really big turning point for me for a variety of reasons. But this is the first one. She was the first girl where I was like, that was just fun. Like, I didn't have to, like, earn her pussy. I didn't have to, like be good enough. I just was good enough. Like she just was attracted to me. It was like validating. It was the first girl where I felt like I'm good enough. Like some girls will want to just have sex with me. And from her, I then went out to seek that out more. I specifically went looking for like, she was like my new baseline, my new template, my new like normal, almost my new normal. I was like, this is really fun. I want other girls who will sleep with me this easily and who just be into me like this. Mark Manson has a great article on his website called fuck yes or no. And he basically says, if a girl is on the fence, that's a no. You're looking for girls who are like, fuck yes. And now obviously at the start, when you're a newbie, you're going to put up with a little more having to jump through hoops. You're going to try a little harder. Like you, you're going to find less like fuck yes girls because you're still figuring all this stuff out. Girls, same thing. When you're figuring out what you want, you're going to put up with a little more bullshit. But you want to, and the point of this Mark Manson article is you want to get to a point where you sleep with the people who are a fuck yes, who are like, fuck yes, I want to sleep with you. And this girl was my first fuck yes. This was my first ever fuck yes where I'm like, do you want to have sex? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, wait, but I don't have to do anything. Like I don't have to buy you dinner. I don't have to like 
I mean, we'd already been on a couple of dates and shit, but like, I don't have to earn it. You, you just want me just for the sec. You just want me. And she was like, yeah, like, why, why not? And so that was a new, like normal, a new template for me. We ended up seeing each other for about a year and a half, maybe a year. It was at least a year. And in that time, we went on a bunch of road trips. We did a bunch of stuff together. We became pretty close. There was a period of time where we were like monogamous. Now, I had told her the entire time that we wouldn't be monogamous, but there was a period of time where it just was me and her. And I was like, I was half-heartedly looking for other women, but I was like, I'm pretty okay with this woman. Like, she's pretty cool. And I don't know if she was sleeping with other people. I told her that she could and that I didn't mind what she was doing. I wouldn't be surprised if she was only sleeping with me because we slept together about once a week, maybe twice a week. We'd go on road trips and stuff like that. We'd hang out a bunch of times. And it was just kind of nice. Like, she was very quiet. She never really said a lot. But it was almost like I could just relax into that quietness. If we'd go on a road trip and she'd kind of just not say anything for like half an hour. And if I said something, she'd reply. But she didn't start a conversation. And so it was almost like relaxing. Like, I could just meditate and think about my own shit while being with her. And she was always really affectionate. She'd like hold my hand and kiss and cuddle. And she'd always want to snuggle up to me and stuff. She was just a real sweetheart. And after we'd been together for like not a lot of time, like a month or maybe like two months, she bought me like a gift. And it was a really meaningful, like sweet gift. Because at that time I I was into whiskey. I liked my whiskey. And I I must have said in some like offhanded, half-remembered conversation to her, I don't, I'd said something like, I don't like whiskey. I like whiskey cold, but I don't like how the ice cubes melt. I, I must've said that, something like that. And so after like two months or three months of dating, she goes, hey, I have a surprise for you. And I'm like, what? And she like has this like wrapped gift. And I'm like, wait, you bought me a gift? Like what? This, this is really sweet. Like, what is this? And it was like, what's known as like whiskey cubes or something like that. And it's bas- whiskey stones, something like that. It's not ice. They're just like metal cubes. Or they're made of stone or something. And you put them in the freezer so they're really cold. And then you put them in the drink. And because they don't melt, they don't dissolve the whiskey, but they keep it nice and cold. And I remember like kissing her and I was like, this is really fucking sweet of you. Like this was one of the first times that a girl had just bought me a gift like out of fucking nowhere for no reason other than because she wanted to. And at this point in time, I should have given context. This was when I was going through my period of like really not liking women. Like I was going through my like I hate women phase like the red pill phase. If you guys don't know what the red pill is, there's a subreddit called like the red pill and they give a lot of like masculine advice. They give a lot of good advice, but they also, I think some of them or a lot of them can go too far in the other direction of, they think they're being realistic and they're trying to talk about like the nature of women, but they, I think they stray way too far to the extreme where they start to dislike women. And so they will have sayings like all women will cheat on you eventually which just like is the most ridiculous thing you'll ever hear in your entire life. Any women listening to this right now will probably crack up at that. My mother would crack up at that. She's been loyal to my dad, you know, the entire, I know plenty of women that are loyal to their men, right? It's a ridiculous statement to say every woman will cheat on you. That's like saying every man will rape you. Every man will commit violence. Every man will punch you. Every man will fucking cheat on you, right? Like it's a silly statement, but There is a lot of good in the red pill, but there's a lot of bad. And and one of the problems was I was very deep in the red pill and they tend to focus on the negative a lot. So they will focus on the negatives of femininity, uh, bad things that women do or that some women do. And they will hone in on those and say, okay, because there's some women doing some bad shit, which congratulations, there's some men doing some bad shit. Everyone does bad shit, right? Because there's some women doing some bad shit, all women suck. And I kind of got roped into that. It became almost like a cult, at least for me. 
and I would look at all the negative stuff that women were doing and I'd say like, oh, you know, women are going to cheat on me. I even said it about this sweet girl who bought me the whiskey cubes, right? I was like, she's going to cheat on me eventually. She's going to leave me. She's going to, even though we were in an open relationship, I was like, she's going to do something. She's going to break my heart. She's going to be a bitch. She's going to do this. She's going to rob me. She's going to like any bad thing you could possibly think. I used to think like she's manipulating me. And I got so deep in the red pill stuff that there was a period of time where I was thinking like, the reason, the fact she's so nice to me, she's just doing that because she wants me to commit to her. Ha, I'm smarter than her. Fuck her. I'm not going to commit to her. She's trying to earn my like relationship. I'm not going to give it to her. And every action that she took, I would see that as like a manipulation, which was difficult because like, I want to see the good in people, right? I'm an optimist. I, I think I'm a fucking genuinely optimistic is the best word, but like good natured person. And I like to see the good nature in others. And so it kind of conflicted. Like on the one hand, I was like, this is really fucking nice to like, she was so nice. There were so many nice things that she did. And I was like, this is so nice. Like, this is just a nice person. But then on the other hand, I was like, no, no, no. That's what she wants you to think. Remember the red pill reminded me of this. The red pill says that women will do this stuff because they want to rope you into a relationship, which is like, even if that's true, which is a ridiculous way of phrasing it. Like, oh, women are trying to manipulate you into a relationship. But even if it was true, if they're trying to do nice things to get you into a relationship, how is that manipulative? Like, what the fuck? That's like saying working hard at your job is manipulative to get your boss to give you a raise. It's like, no, no, no. You are working harder at your job because you want a raise. That's not manipulation. That's like pragmatism. So if a woman does want you to have a relationship with her, wouldn't it benefit her to be very fucking nice to you, to give you gifts, to be affectionate, to be feminine? That's just called being a good woman. That's just called being good at relationships. That's like a man looking after his woman and you're like, oh, you're just doing that so she'll have kids with you. It's like, yeah, that is, <laughs> yeah. Or, or to your friends, you're just nice to your friend. You buy your mates beers and you listen to their problems and you're like a good bro to them because you just don't want to be alone. You just want them to be your friend. It's like, yes, <laughs> like, yeah. But for some reason it got twisted. It gets twisted in the red pill and I, you know, bought into all that stuff. Maybe I go a little, maybe I went a little deeper on the red pill than they intended, whatever. I got very caught up in that stuff of thinking like every nice thing she does is her trying to manipulate me into a relationship, which she was the most sweetest person ever. And at no point did she ever ask for a relationship. She was happy for it to be open and casual for the entire time we saw each other. She never once pressured me, but I would like twist everything and just try and see malice and evil in her actions where there was none. And- I can remember there was a period of time, there, there was a moment where, I say a moment, there was, we'd worked up to, I had told her about like LSD, that I've taken LSD. Now, if you're listening to this, I'm not advocating that you take LSD, do your own research. I did like six months or a couple of years, I think it was like a year's worth of research before I tried LSD. I knew what I was getting into, all that kind of shit, blah, blah, blah. Disclaimers, caveats, etc. So... I had told her about LSD and how much I liked it and how much it had helped me and how I had used it for counseling to make myself a better person, all that kind of stuff. And she expressed interest. And so over the next like three months or so, I kind of talked to her about it. I got her to read some stuff so she knew what she was getting into. She'd said like, I really want to do this with you. I said like, okay, we'll take a low dose. Like we figured out the dose that we were going to do. We planned it. Um, I'm someone that really likes to be prepared if I'm going to do LSD. Like I'll prepare for like weeks beforehand, like weeks. I'll have everything perfect written down, like everything ready, right? So that I, I don't have a bad trip. I've only had one bad trip ever and it wasn't really even that bad a trip. It was more like, I'm really glad I had that trip. So it was more like an anxious trip. Like there are a lot of things that I faced in that trip. But other than that, I've had like, I don't know, 50 good trips and one like anxious trip. 
And so we prepared for a bunch and we tripped together. We had like a reasonable dose. It wasn't a massive dose, but it was definitely enough that you get some visual effects and you get some of those stuff like that. And I can't remember everything in the trip because it was several years ago, but I just remember a lot of people on LSD, like I'm one of them, when they trip, they don't shut the fuck up. I'm one of those people. I'll just have like a million epiphanies and I want to either write it all down, type it all down or say it to someone or record it or hang out with someone and just fucking ramble to them for three hours. Like I very much want to get out all the stuff I'm learning. A lot of people are like that. She went really quiet and she basically didn't say anything for like the entire trip. And I think we would have tripped for like 12 or 14 hours. It was like a really long trip. LSD can last quite a long time if you have a, a decent dose. And the entire time, because she was quiet, I wanted to make sure she was having fun and enjoying herself. So I checked in with her quite a lot, probably like a hundred times across the whole trip, right? Where I'm like, are you having fun? Like, are you enjoying this? What are you thinking? Like, what are you feeling? Like, I just asking questions. Like, what are you? And each time she would just look at me and look me in the eyes and just smile. She wouldn't say anything. She would just smile. And if I said like, are you having fun? She'd just have this big smile on her face and she'd just nod her head. And there were a couple of times she'd giggle. There were a couple of times she'd just grab me and hold me for like an hour. She just held on to me for an hour. There was one time she's holding on to me and I want to go to the like kitchen to get some food. And so she's kind of like holding on to me and she's like, I have to like pick her up. She was quite small. So I had to like pick her up in the air and she's like, like a koala or something. She's just got her arms around me and I'm just like holding her and we're in the kitchen. And I'm getting food out and I'm like, do you want some food? And she's like, it was like fucking amazing, right? She was such a sweet person. And the entire time I'm asking myself these questions, like checking in with the red pill stuff and saying like, the red pill says that she's bad, that women are bad that women are manipulating you, that you can't trust them, that you can, you always have to have your guard up. And I'm looking into her eyes and I'm seeing nothing but like the pure essence of a good person. Like if you, if you haven't tripped guys, like if you've never taken LSD or magic mushrooms or something, LSD in particular really strips away everything and just brings out like the core of who you are as a person. So that's why I don't recommend LSD if you're like really... I still recommend it because it'll still help you, but I have to like for safety say like, I don't recommend, right? Without doing research, but like it can be confronting would be a better way of saying it if you're really depressed because all that will come out. If you hate yourself, that will come out and now you will deal with it because you have to because it's come to the surface and you got to fucking face it. LSD makes you face whatever it is that's inside you. And so if you're in a good place, that all just comes bubbling up. If you're a good person, that all comes bubbling up. Not that I believe in good or bad people, but... If you don't have any malice or ill intent within you, all that will come up on LSD is just like good, kind-hearted feelings and emotions and sentiments and stuff like that. And all of that came up and I would just look into her eyes for like 14 hours. I was imagine looking into someone's eyes, trying to find some part of them that's bad or some part of them that's malicious or some part of them that's evil. I was looking for it and I couldn't see it. I was trying so hard and LSD makes you so vulnerable that like you almost can't lie on LSD. So if you did have ill intents within you, I could say like, are you trying to manipulate me? And the person would be like, yeah, because you just don't care. You just tell the truth. It makes you fucking honest. It's like truth serum. And she just had nothing but like kindness and goodness and sweetness and femininity and like just loveliness. She was like a lovely fucking person. And we tripped that whole time. And I remember afterwards going like, I don't know if she's bad. Like, I just don't know. And then shortly after that, she went back home to China for like two or three months. It was quite a long time. It was like three months. And 
while she was away, I got like a card in the mail. She sent me this postcard, which I didn't know she was going to do. I didn't ask for it. We hadn't said we were going to send each other anything. We just kind of like said like, no, I'll, I'll see you when you get back. And in this postcard, she wrote just a bunch of stuff. But one of the things she wrote was like, I really appreciate you spending this year with me because we'd been together for like a year at that point in time. So we must have seen each other for like a year and a half in total. But she said, I really appreciate you seeing me this for, the, for this year. I'm really grateful I met you. You're a really good person. And I really like spending time with you. She wrote a bunch of other stuff. But like when I got that postcard, I can remember holding it in my hand. I was walking. I can remember exactly which street I was walking down. I can remember looking at a fucking tree and looking up at nature, looking up at the sky, holding this postcard in my hand. And I was like, women aren't bad. It was that fucking postcard from her, me holding it in my hand. And I was like, women are nice. Like, I think women are nice. That was like such a fucking monumental turning point for me. Because you got to understand, by this point, I had spent years being invested in this notion that women are bad, that they're evil, that they're manipulative, that they're trying to waste your time, that they're stopping you from having the sex life you deserve, and that they're the the reason that men are unhappy, and they make us slave away at jobs that we don't want to work, and, you know, it's, it's a thankless task, and you have to raise the kids and, and be the breadwinner, and they never say thank you, and you know, it's so easy for them to get laid and they don't appreciate how hard our struggles are. And it's easy to be as a woman and everyone's nice to you. Like I had all these fucked up notions of, of women, right? And that moment really broke me. It was like everything I thought I knew was wrong. And I was just like, there's no way in which I can say she's a bad person. I've tried for a fucking year and I can't come up with one bad thing she's ever done or said. She's never manipulated me. I can't find anything. There's nothing, nothing. And so I remember in that moment saying like, if there's one good woman out there, there has to be more. She can't be the only good woman on the planet. And then from that moment, I started looking for good women. I started saying like, is this woman good? Is this? And I looked at my mother. My mother's someone that I've always known as a good woman. But for some reason with the red pill, I was just kind of like ignoring that. I was like, no, my mom doesn't count, blah, blah, blah. I'm too biased. She's a good person, but it doesn't count. She's secretly bad or something. I remember thinking about her and going like, well, shit, she's a good woman. My auntie is a good woman. Fuck. Both of my grandparents, my grandmothers, they both passed away now. But like, I was like, they're good women, shit. And then I would start thinking of other women that I knew. And I was like, there's a lot of good women out there, shit. And everything, that house of cards just came crumbling down. This notion that like women are bad people, women are manipulative. You got to be on your guard, all that kind of stuff. That all just came crashing down because of this girl, because of that postcard. Also because of the LSD trip, sure. But that postcard, that was the final straw. That was me looking at it and going like, this is just a good person. She's just good. Like, she's good. And she's a woman. So, there can be good women. So, what the fuck was all that red pill shit? So, I'll finish up. I'll leave it there. This has been a fairly long podcast already. How long have we been talking for? About half an hour. I will come back, probably not the next podcast, but in the future. And I'll go through some of the other stories. I'll talk about the girl that I slept with within like an hour of meeting her. I think it was like maybe two hours of meeting her. Um, a couple of other ones in there as well. A couple of guys that I got to cold approach and forced to cold approach. One of my friends in particular, um, radical from my forums. I'll talk about him and how I had to blackmail him into doing his first couple of approaches and how he slept with the third and the seventh girl that he ever talked to. And I'll tell a bunch of those other stories. So just like I said in the last one, if you enjoyed this, I'd really appreciate a like and a subscribe. Like I said, trying to build this channel up to a thousand subscribers, which I'm going to look back in a year or two and say like a thousand Good job, buddy. You should be going for 10,000, but 1,000 is the first milestone. So let's fucking get there. If you want coaching, link in the description below. Say hello. And now I want you to go and crush your goals.